thing that says compare the candidates. And it says, um, for president, for instance, Donald Trump opposes abortion on demand and supports pro-life laws to protect unborn children. He opposes using tax dollars to pay for abortion and opposes taxpayers' funding of abortion providers. Trump has nominated judges like Justice Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, who voted to uphold pro-life legislation. Mike Pence opposes abortion on demand and opposes taxpayer funding of abortion. Joe Biden supports a policy of abortion on demand, which allows abortion for any reason, even late in pregnancy. He supports using tax dollars to pay for abortion and to fund abortion providers. Biden has provided to only nominated Supreme Court justices who will uphold abortion on demand. Kamala Harris supports abortion on demand and taxpayer funding of abortion. She wants to use the Justice Department to prohibit the passage of pro-life state laws. Scott Franklin uh, does the same, believes the same thing as Donald Trump. Alan Cohen believes the same thing as Joe Biden. And those are the three that that I know that uh, what they stand for. And so I just wanted to let you know those things if it'll help you. I do know one thing. I believe this is a very, very important election. And I hope that everybody gets out and votes. Amen. If you would this morning, turn your Bibles to Psalms 40. Psalms 40. And I would like to begin reading verse 1 and uh, down through verse 10. Psalms 40, verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined to me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of my horrible pit, out of the mire clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. And He has put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it in fear, and shall trust in the Lord. Blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust, and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works, which thou hast done, and thy thoughts, which are to us. They cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee, if I would declare and speak of them. They are more than can be numbered. Sacrifice and offerings thou didst not desire. Mine ears hast thou opened. Burnt offerings and sin offerings hast thou not required. Then said I, Lo, I come, and the volume of the book is written of me. I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is written in my heart. I have preached righteousness in the great congregation. Lo, I have not refrained my lips, O Lord, thou knowest. I have not hid thy righteousness within my heart. I have declared thy faithfulness and thy salvation. I have not concealed thy loving kindness and thy truth from the great congregation. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, I pray this morning that you will help each one of us see through the Psalms how you have made mention of your dear Son and our Savior on every Psalm in the Bible. 
We praise you with for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you would please, I, I just first of all I want you to notice now in the Psalms in the order that Christ fulfilled them in New Testament. Uh, I love to go through the Psalms and read them, but one day I got to studying Christ in every Psalm. And it's a wonderful study if you'd like to get into it. But beginning in verse 6 of Psalm 40 down through verse 10, um, and, and as you put the Psalms in order, uh, how the Psalms uh, goes right with the New Testament. And uh, beginning, the first thing I want you to see is Jesus' obedience. In Psalms 40, uh, verse 6 through 10, it says, Sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire. Then said I, Lo, I come, and the volume of the book is written to me. Now, if you turn over to Hebrews, which I don't, I don't want to take time now to turn to every one of these in the New Testament, I'd like for you to do it if you get a chance to. But if you turn over to Hebrews chapter 10, verses 5 through 7, you have the same thing that's taught there. Sacrifice and offering that did not desire. In other words, uh, the sacrifices of bloods of bulls and goats, Christ said that was not uh, sufficient, that his blood was shed for the sins of men. And so that goes with Psalms 40. And the next psalm, now going right through the psalms and taking each one of them, showing what Christ did for us, in Psalm 6, verse 9, is recorded Jesus' zeal. It says, The zeal of thine house has eaten me up. Uh, if you take that and you turn over to James chapter 2 and verse 17, teaches the same thing. Next is Psalms 118, verse 22, is Jesus' rejection. The stone which the builders refused to become the headstone of the corner. In Matthew 21, verse 42, says the same thing. So you see how the Psalms, it goes right with the New Testament when it comes to life and what Jesus was uh, to you and I. Uh, next is Psalms 41, verse 9, Jesus' betrayal. Yea, mine own familiar friend, and whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, had lifted up his heel against me. Of course, uh, Psalms 55, verses 12 through 14, goes with that, but it goes with Matthew 26, where Judas betrayed the Lord Jesus, and he was one of Jesus' disciples. Psalms 22, verses 1 through verse 18, uh, says, in part, uh, they, give, they gave me also gall for my meat, and in my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. Psalms 69, verse 21 says the same thing. That goes with Matthew 27, verse 34 and verse 48, where Jesus was hanging on the cross and they come give him vinegar to drink. Psalms 31, verse 5, Into thy hands I commit my spirit. Luke 23, verse 46, goes with that, where Jesus gave up his spirit to the Father. Psalms 34, verse 20, He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. In John 19, verse 33 through 36, tells us that they came to the cross and the reason that they broke the legs of the ones that was hanging on the cross, they could not be, they could not be there 
after sundown alive so they would break their legs and they would suffocate if they hadn't already died on the cross and they come to Jesus and he was already dead. So they didn't break his legs. So they, that's a fulfillment of Psalms 34, verse 20. And then Psalms 129, verse 3, The plowers plowed upon my back, they made long their furrows. That's speaking to the whips that whipped Jesus Christ as he was going to the cross. Next is Psalms 109, verse 2 through 3, The false witnesses. For uh, the mouth of the wicked and the mouth of the deceitful are open against me. They have spoken against me with a lying tongue. They can pass me about also with words of hatred and fought against me without a cause. So, uh, Matthew 26 and Matthew 27 tells us of those that uh, uh, falsely accuse the Lord Jesus. Next you come to Jesus' prayer for his enemies. Psalms 109 verse 4 says, For my love, they are my adversaries. But I give myself unto prayer. And that goes to Luke 23 and verse 34 where Jesus prayed for those that was around the cross. Next, Jesus' resurrection. Psalm 16 verse 10. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither will thou suffer thine holy one see corruption. That goes to Acts 13 verse 35. And in Psalm 22 and verse 22, says, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. That goes with John 20 and verse 17. That's talking about Jesus' resurrection. And God would not leave him in the, in the grave. And then next comes Jesus' ascension. Psalm 68, verse 18, Thou hast ascended on high, thou hast led captivity captive, Thou hast received gifts for men. And that goes to Ephesians 4, verse 8. And uh, the, the next one is Jesus' triumphant entry. Psalms 24, verse 7 8. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. That goes with Acts chapter 1. Now, the next one is Psalms 110 in verse 4. And Jesus' high priestly work. The Lord has sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. That goes with Hebrews chapter 5 and chapter through chapter 7. And then the next one is Jesus' marriage. Psalms 45 verses 2 through verse 15. Go to Revelation 19, and he talks of marriage by the Lamb with his church one day. And then next you have the Jesus' destruction of the heathen. Psalms 110, verse 6. He shall judge among the heathen. This goes to chapter 6 through chapter 19 of Revelation. Psalms 110, verse 1. The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Now we know that's not happened yet, but it's going to happen. Amen. And we know that's fulfillment. What I'm trying to show is that I have people that say, well, the Bible don't talk about Jesus all the way through the Scripture. Yes, it does. On every page of the Bible is mentioned the Lord Jesus, and especially in the Psalms. And that's why I have tried my best to encourage people all these years to just read the Psalms. One of the best things I believe you could do 
when you get up in the morning and just turn over to some of the Psalms and read some of them, just, just wherever you would like to read in the Psalm, because it talks about one person, and that's the Lord Jesus, and it encourages us. And so when I think of the Lord Jesus being crucified, well, thank God He died for me, but if you'll keep reading in the Psalms, He not only died for us, but He rose again and He's alive. Amen? And so that's encouragement. Now, the next thing you see about Jesus is Jesus' millennial reign. Psalms 189, I mean 89, verse 27, Thou makest Him to have dominion over the works of Thy hands, Thou hast put all things under His feet. Psalms 102, verse 16 to 21 goes with this. All this goes with Hebrews chapter 2. Now, if you read all the way through that, Psalms 72, verse 17, Matthew 23, 39, goes with Revelation 15, verse 11 through 15. So if you study the Psalms, the Psalms teaches the Lord Jesus Christ. And here's what, here's what I, I like to do. If you take the Psalms and you begin in the beginning and find what the Psalm begins to teach about the Lord, it teaches how He came in this world, how He was born, right on to the day He died, not only that, to the day He's coming back for us, not only that, but His millennial reign on this earth, and then the end of it all when He's going to rule and reign on everything. So you have no excuse if you read the Psalms and study them very carefully, to not understand all that Jesus did for us. Most people that study the Bible only knows that Jesus came into this world and died for our sins. And He was buried and He rose again. That's not all He did for us. Amen? I mean, after all, we're going to be something one of these days in heaven. And we could not be that if Jesus had not... Uh, fulfilled all the things that was prophesied of him in the book of Psalms. Psalms 2 predicts the tribulation, destruction of the heathen, and the millennial reign of Christ. Psalms 8 predicts the millennial reign of Christ. Uh, verse 6, Thou makest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. Now that's the millennial reign. Psalm 16 <clears throat> predicts the death and the resurrection of Christ. Psalms 22 predicts the sufferings of Christ. Psalms 23 predicts the tender shepherding ministry of Christ. Psalms 24 predicts Christ's triumphant entry into heaven. <clears throat> Psalms 31 predicts the Savior's thoughts and words on the cross. Psalms 40 predicts the obedience of Christ while on this earth. Psalms 41 predicts the betrayal of Jesus by Judas. Psalms 45 predicts the beauty and marriage of Christ. Psalm 68 predicts the glorious victory of Christ and His triumphant entry into heaven. Psalm 69 predicts the zeal and sufferings of Christ. Psalm 72 predicts the millennial reign of Christ. Psalms 89 predicts the unchanging faithfulness of God upon David's dynasty through Christ. Psalms 102 predicts the eternal uh, eternity of Christ. Psalms 109 predicts the betrayal of Judas and his punishment. Psalms 110 predicts the eternal priesthood of Christ. Then lastly, Psalms 118 predicts Christ to be the vital stone in God's building, rejected by men but chosen by the Lord. 
Now, the uh, reason I wanted to go through all that is to show, this all shows the book of Psalms is about one person, about the Lord Jesus Christ. First time I ever read the uh, Psalms 23, I thought about David. All I, all I was reading was David, all I'd ever heard, and reading uh, the commentaries on the Bible. This is a Psalm of David, and it talks about David. Well, it does in one sense, but it's all about the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not David's the great shepherd. He was a great shepherd, no doubt about that. But it was not David the great shepherd. It was Christ the great shepherd over his sheep, which is you and I. And you can go through every bit of that. Uh, you can throw the sufferings of Christ upon the cross. Yeah, you know what, I, I would listen to a preacher, and this is one of the reasons I wanted to study this. I was listening to a preacher one day and he was talking about, well, Jesus is not the Son of God. He wasn't a preacher who wanted trying to, uh, to prove the Bible is not the Word of God and Jesus is not the Son of God. And he was talking about this and he said, Jesus is not the Son of God. Anybody uh, could have read about Jesus in the Bible and then come along and, 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 and done everything in order like Jesus did in his life, and everybody could look at him and say, yeah, he fulfilled all the Scripture. Nobody can do that. Nobody can go back and take the life of Christ and come along and say, well, Jesus just come in this world, he studied the doctrines, and therefore he come in this world to, to do everything that this person, that those doctrines were talking about. So he's not God, he's just another man. No, he, nobody can do that. And so how I know the Bible's the Word of God, number one, is because the Bible, the whole Bible, is written about one person, the Lord Jesus, and as you read it, it fulfills. All the writers of the Bible, and many uh, writers, now get this, over many years, and it all fits together. Did you ever play, uh, when you're just a child, you get in a room, and you put a bunch of people, a bunch of the kids would get around and they whisper something, and you whispered in one of them's ear, and, and they say, whisper the same thing now in the next one's ear, and the next one's ear, and the next one's ear, all the way around. And by the time you got it around here, it was sort of like Pelosi. You know what I mean? She, she says something over here, and by the time it gets around over here, it's completely changed. That's human nature. That is pure human nature. What you do is you hear over here one thing, and as you tell it to somebody else, you change it just a little bit, and they change it a little bit, and right to right. It ain't even the same message. And so here's what I'm saying. You can't take 66 writers and write any book and come out of the same subject, on the same subject, and start over here over a number of years I mean just a number of years and those writers is one dies another one comes on scene another dies and comes on and says now let's talk about the same subject and you take that some same subject and each writer writes about that same subject and when they get through it all joins together and is exactly right it'll never happen only way that can be done is God's word and God had ordained and had to speak by the Holy Spirit through the writers to get them to 
completely dovetail the Scriptures together. And so, here, here's what I'm talking about. Doctrines are very important. When you get into doctrine of truth, our guy this morning, I was thinking about it. Hell is a horrible place. But you know, I was looking where this dope addict was shot by this dope runner. Okay? Now he got killed. Did you know both of them in hell? If they knew not Christ? Can you imagine here somebody killed somebody? I thought, I'd get rid of him. And he killed him. But then a little bit later he gets killed. And neither one of them knows Christ. So they're in hell together now. Amen? And I thought about that. My goodness, a lot. What a horrible thing. It's a horrible thing to go to hell, number one. But how about the ones that you uh, persecuted on this earth? They're going to be right down there with you. Now, all of that's taught in the Scriptures, and, and God cannot change His mind. And when I, when I read the Bible, I like, for, I like to see it dovetail together. And when you do, and when you read the Psalms, that's exactly what the Psalms were written for. The Psalms were written that we might see Christ and see Him fully. Did you know I was reading in the New Testament where uh, that I might know Him and the fullness of Christ. Paul was writing it to, I believe it was to the Galatians, that I might know Him and His fullness. Do you know how you can do that? Through the Psalms. I can know all that God wants me to know about the Lord Jesus Christ if I study the Psalms in this life. When I'm reading the Psalms, I'm not reading about some other person or about some other incident in somebody else's life. I'm reading about one person, that's the Lord Jesus Christ, and everything that happened when He came on this earth. So if I want to know Him as a baby, if I want to know how He lived, if I want to know how He died on the cross, if I want to know how He was buried and rose again, and how He reigned, going to reign on this earth one day, and, and then after that, for all eternity, what it's going to be like, then I get in the Psalms, and I begin to read. And God opens it up to him. Listen to how simple this is. Sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire. Verse 6. Mine ears hast thou opened. Burnt offerings and sin offerings thou hast not required. Then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book that is written of me. I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. The only one person is that's heaven. That's the Lord Jesus. I have preached righteousness in the great congregation. Lo, I have not refrained my lips, O Lord, thou knowest. I have not hid thy righteousness within my heart. I have declared thy faithfulness in thy salvation. I have not concealed thy loving kindness and thy truth of the great congregation. Only the Lord Jesus Christ preaches righteousness in its fulfillment. And so if I want to know about him, all i got to do is get in the Bible and find it. And if you go in, in what I'm... What I like to do is start in the beginning, and as you read it, you see each one leading to another part of Christ's life. And as you read the Psalms, then you start off, and each one speaks of his birth, another one speaks of his life, and right on through his life. And so that's the reason for reading the, the Psalms. First of all, as you notice in the Psalms, the order that Christ fulfilled them in the New Testament uh, look with me just a minute, please, now, in Hebrews chapter 10.
Hebrews chapter 10, and I'm going to begin to read verse 5. Wherefore then he cometh into the world, he says, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. In burnt offering, sacrifice for sins, thou hast had no pleasure. Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book, and written of me, to do thy will, O God. Now notice, that's exact wording of Psalms 40 in verse 6 through 10. And so we can know then that what God is talking about through the Scriptures and all the way through the Scriptures is the Lord Jesus. If you study the Bible in this light, if I'm studying the book of Genesis, what am I supposed to be looking for then? In the life of Noah. Who am I supposed to look at? Am I supposed to be studying Noah? Or am I supposed to be studying Jesus? If you're supposed to be studying Jesus, then you look at Noah as a type of Christ. Noah getting in the ark. The ark is a type of Christ. Everything is in types and figures in. And as you go through the scriptures, each book of the Bible has something to do with Christ then. And so you're not just reading about a person. You're reading about the Lord Jesus Christ. And he fulfills scripture in it. And I love the, the book of Isaiah, so precious to me. And um, the first time I ever heard Dr. Harold Siler, uh, let, let me show you what I'm talking about. Turn over just a minute. I want to just make mention of this. And I'll question Isaiah 53 for just a minute. Listen to this. Who has believed our report? I did. Amen. Listen now. And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? It was a good deal to me. For he shall go up to them and attend the plant, and he shall, and, and you, as you read all of the 53rd uh, of chapter of Isaiah, and then you come to one thing, and it says, and the zeal of the Lord will do this. Amen? And I, I got thinking, all the things that happened to Christ here, and how salvation come in this world, Everything about then our salvation is given us in the 53rd chapter of Isaiah. And you have to look back on it and say, well, how was salvation done then? How is a baby come in this world? How could a virgin give birth to a child? How can these things? Only one way. The zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. Amen? And once you understand that, then all the rest of it fits. Hey, that whale swallowing Jonah. That's not about Jonah. That's about the death and burial and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. That's about our resurrection. Amen? And on and on you can study. I love the Psalms and I hope I can encourage you to get in and just study it yourself. Amen? Father, will you bless us today now? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you very much.